everyone, and welcome to the BPD Bunch. I'm your host, Sani, and today I am here with my husband, Casey, Selene and Andy, and special guests, Bella and Abby. We're back with another couples episode. One of the questions someone really wanted to know, how did you find a partner that supports you? What were some of the things that you looked for and how did you identify those? So for us, it was really kind of random. We met at work and we were both in relationships. Uh, so for the first year, we became friends. And I think that would be my main strategy. And actually, it's a, like something I've had with every relationship, long relationships that I've been in. It's like becoming friends first. And then you really get to know the person. And I, re- like, I really noticed how genuine and caring he was. So... And like we said, at the time, I didn't know that I had BPD. So now I just feel like I really, I got really, really lucky, to be honest. So did I. Cheese! (laughs) (laughs) I was casually dating just like over the last like summer and everything. And I definitely could tell there was like something different that made this feel like it was possible to be something way more substantial than that. Um... And I think it was all just kind of like easing in kind of slowly and just getting like to know her at like a pace that felt very natural. And then just seeing the support that came to follow with that. If there was anything where I felt like I needed X, Y, or Z, the way that she was instantly there and like showing up for that was like, that progression is what made it like very clear. It's like a green flag of um, that being like, something that would make it lasting and like that she was there and like cared and wanted to help that's such a good point that often we're looking for red flags but what about looking for green flags right definitely yeah i don't there wasn't necessarily like red flags i was looking for but definitely like noticing green flags i can't say that it's not possible to jump in quickly but i definitely for me i found that i used to really struggle to know who someone really was because I would fall in love with an idea of them and then be so attached to that idea that I never saw the actual person. And then when they didn't live up to my idea, I would be so frustrated and disappointed in them for not acting like this mental image that I had. And so taking things slowly was really critical in being able to identify whether or not Casey could be someone who was supportive. And the other thing that was very important for me was that I didn't just use my own judgment. You know, I introduced him to other important people in my life to get their feedback before jumping in because I I used to kind of think, oh, you know, I'm just gonna let my heart lead me wherever I want, wherever it wants and, and screw what anyone else thinks. And there are definitely gonna be people in my life and in yours who are judgmental and overly opinionated, but there are going to be people who genuinely care about you, who are capable of giving honest, helpful feedback. And I went to those people in my life to introduce Casey to them and get their feedback before I got too attached because I wanted to make sure that I was not just falling in love with another idea again, and that he actually was the person that I had built up in my mind. Also uh, the reverse, like meeting uh, their friends, 
can be really helpful as well like to see like who they hang out with and when you hang out with them like how it goes and how integrated you feel and how welcome you feel that can be really helpful as well for me like a big part of it was also like obsessions and I wanted to make sure that I was able to differentiate these things because every past relationship I've been in as well as different friendships I've been in just like you were just saying Danny is like was this obsession with this idea of the person and not even being able to differentiate that from like feeling of love and so um with taking things at a slower pace I was actually able to like feel the feelings and this relationship is really what made me recognize that like I didn't actually know like what the feeling of love felt like and those all were just like these obsessive to an extent like I did love partners but um the feeling of obsession with somebody was always so present in these friendships and relationships that like I needed that clarity in a functioning relationship to realize that there is a difference. And so then I also wanted to take time to make sure that I really knew her for what she was and didn't get that unhealthy obsession feeling. We've been talking a little bit about taking things slow. And I, although I can't say for sure whether this is a struggle for everyone, at least for everyone here, it has been a struggle. Are there any strategies or tips you could give to help someone struggling to take things slowly to be able to do what you've done? Um, I think kind of just like trusting your gut on like different like boundaries that you feel that you need to have in place and just like being able to speak those would make makes a big difference because I know that's also something hard especially with like maybe like a people pleasing aspect of just like not wanting to hurt the other person but also just really having to like prioritize yourself and make Mm -hmm. sure like what you're doing is like what you want for yourself but also needs like a lot of alone time and so I remember even when we were first dating she like she would say like no I have plans with myself or you know she has she would like hold those if I would ask her to hang out she would you know say no um no to dates because she had she wanted to go to a movie by herself yeah yeah, so one of the, the things that we spoke about at the start and we carried through onto on today and we even did last night was making sure, um, similar to what you were saying before, that having better in regards to having time apart as well with our own friendship groups doing things that we like to do. Because we, we love doing stuff together and we always do it, but I think it's always important to do other things because not everything is aligned. So I, I went out with some friends last night, so I went out of some other friends and we came back together again so um and during those times just making kind of updating if any plans change and yes. during that time which i think um, is one of the things that we see as important mm-hmm. so yeah to have your own activities and have your own plans it helps to pace things at the beginning as well because you have like uh, you were saying you're like time with yourself or maybe you have like hobbies that you engage with like separately and it helps both with the pace but also with that sense of identity that some of us find really challenging where it's like we can get in a relationship and get so consumed by the person i know one of my previous relationships i when when we ended things i just i didn't know who i was i didn't know what music i liked i didn't know anything like what i want to do at the weekend because i just 
completely adopted uh, the other person's um, favorite things. So keeping those like your own hobbies, your own friends, your own time, and then coming back. To, then you also have things to say to each other. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, it's nice. <laughs> Yeah, I think because I started DBT at the same time that I started dating Casey, I learned to separate what is observable, the things that are actually going on in your environment versus how you feel. And so I would often ask myself what my motivation was for doing something. And that really helped me to be able to go okay, am I doing this because I just want to make sure that he's going to be connected to me and that he won't abandon me? Or am I doing this because this is actually something that I want to do that will help foster our relationship? And I mean, I wasn't always successful. It takes time to get to know yourself. You know, if you are still in any significant part of recovery, you don't know yourself well enough to know for sure the answer. And you just for me, it was a lot of the, a lot of it came down to being mindful of what was happening, which really just means paying attention intentionally to myself and others around me to judge the reactions. I don't know. Is there anything that you would add that helped us take things at a slow pace? Set boundaries, communicate those boundaries, and most importantly, continue to communicate. It is absolutely crucial to making everything work properly. And that will help set that pace as long as you're openly communicating. And it helps avoid any conflicts where there might be catastrophizing that's happening or a fear of abandonment might help actually uh, stave off that fear of, of abandonment because it at least gives, uh, for Zanny, I'll, I'll say, like, I'm, I'm coming back, you know, I'm, I'm going out i have to go work for a few days over there but i'll be back <laughs> and and zanny can then use that and continue to tell herself he's gonna be back it's gonna be okay he told me he's gonna be back so it's gonna be okay you know that kind of stuff so it, he better it really be back. helps out <laughs> yeah better be back <laughs> <laughs> but it's such an important point and communicating about the pace as well like Sometimes we forget to openly have these conversations and throughout the relationship, like we have check-ins, you know, mm -hmm. like, are we okay? Are we, are we happy? Are you happy? Am I happy? Yeah, we're happy. You know, um, it's just nice to take that time. And if there is something then in a, you know, quiet moment, there's the opportunity to bring it up. Mm. And I think on the communication part, it's interesting because we've always been very good communicators overall. And <laughs> uh, but then after you were diagnosed with BPD, I think we took even more of a conscious effort to be clear in the communications and make sure we're open. So totally agree, Casey, with what you're saying about communication. And I think that definitely kind of, we elevated our communication to the next level, I think, post-diagnosis. Post yeah. yeah. I think that's very true, especially when um, I feel like there's something coming up like emotionally for me, I will verbally describe like I'm starting to feel really angry. I feel like I want to shout. I feel like I want to completely lose it. So he knows like something is happening because I'm like, and the fact of just saying it also helps me to realize what's going on and to have the opportunity to regulate myself. Um, and he can go and find shelter. So. <laughs>
So we set aside like once a week, we will take a bath and then we will directly focus on communicating anything. Like, is anything wrong? Like, how did the week go? Like, is there anything that like happened that upset you that you didn't say or anything good that happened that you didn't say or anything like that? So that has been very helpful for us to like, okay, like this time this week, we're going to have that moment. So if you have anything on your mind, that's when we'd say it sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And that's been really great for me too, just because I would not say prior to this, I was Mm -hmm. a good communicator. And even just like in our relationship in the past, that's been a struggle is just like me not being able to vocalize everything that I should or want to. And so having something like that as an outlet to like, be like, this is my push that I need that's a big help for me. Mm -hmm. It's a very sacred time. There's no phones and we have like the set questions that we always go through. So yeah, I think it's sweet. Yeah. I love that. Let's buy a bath. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, I love that. (laughs) Yeah. If you want to try out their bath time questions, check them out in the description below this video. I will definitely check it out. 